Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, lined up on this Tuesday. A blowout in the natty. Georgia sits atop the college football world. Meanwhile, the coaching carousel spins. Dallas burns the tape. A hockey player ruptures a testicle. And Mike T has set Twitter on fire. That literally happened. It's Tuesday. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. I mean, uh, there's a lot of people on Twitter that would like to rupture Mike T's testicle this morning. Can we keep my testicles out of this conversation? That's neither here nor there. Are you aware of this, Dominique, that a hockey player named Blake yeah. Wheeler ruptured a testicle after he was struck by a shot in a game on December 15th and finished the game? Yeah, I saw a little something about this on, on the internet, and I moved on as quickly as possible because I did not want to have that thought in my head. Poor guy. <laughs> one way or another, that was not where I planned to start. <laughs> That's not the one place to start this morning. The one place to start is quick. Quickly on the college football, and then I want to go directly into Mike Tannenbaum's uh, idea here that has sort of set Twitter uh, on fire. But, Neek, you know, I mean, you cover the pro game primarily, yeah. but you're an observer yeah. of what's going on here. And everyone knows that Nick Saban has kind of owned that sport for more than a decade of college football because he does the two things that there are to do. He puts all his guys in the NFL, and he keeps on winning championships. So to me, with Georgia, winning one last year was nice. Obviously, it's great. But then he puts 15 players in last year's draft, five defensive players in the first round last year, and comes back and goes 15-0 and and wins another? Is he the new Nick Saban? That's outrageously impressive, but he can't be the new Nick Saban because Nick Saban's still there. And so I think to, to become what Alabama was, it kind of has to be a wasteland all around you. While I don't think that Alabama is going to retake the throne as the like undoubtedly number one program in football, I think that they're both going to be there. Alabama and Georgia are going to be going neck and neck. So I think that it's going to be impossible for either one of those teams going forward to dominate. They do in Georgia have a bunch of great advantages. The huge one is that recruiting base. If you can have a great coach, a great culture, they're going to lose coaches, bring coaches in, lose players, bring players in. But one thing you know, there's going to be a lot of good players in the state of Georgia. And why the hell would they leave if they don't have to? Whereas Alabama, it's not the same super hyper local recruiting base. Alabama has good football players. But if you look at their roster, they're going a lot of different players, which Georgia is too. They're bringing tight ends from California. They're going outside of their base. But the fundamental core of this Georgia team is kids from Georgia who grow up rooting for Georgia, who want to go to Georgia, whose family roots for Georgia. Like, that's not the same environment in Alabama. The tight end you're talking about, Brock Bowers, who everyone fell at me. If you're an NFL fan, you got to be drooling over that kid. Yeah. When you watched him play last night he's from Napa <laughs> like who yeah. envisioned that I didn't know that I've seen the kid play I, yeah. I didn't know till Chris Fowler said it last night that he's from Napa so I'm just I do his parents own a winery I mean, it's just a fascinating <laughs> just a fascinating thing that he's from there Mike you go growing up in the mean streets of Napa Valley yes I mean he's exactly right he's up there with the with the Cabernet Sauvignon. I don't know what he's doing. But anyway, a quick, a quick thought on that, Mike T. Just on, I mean, you, you cover these kids coming into the draft and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Like, is he, is he putting out into the pros the kind of thing that Saban has done the last decade? Absolutely. You, you nailed it. You know, five in the first round, 15 overall. And it's remarkable that, you know, they just reloaded. Now, with that said, you know, Stetson Bennett sort of been this guy that, you know, everyone has had a strong opinion. Like, JT Daniels is going to beat him out. 
he really wasn't even the open day star if we go back a year ago. So it's not like he went from like hero to like marginal starter. It seems like overnight. But when you put his resume out there, it's really, really impressive. The question is going to be, you know, can they keep it going at the skill player position and can they get really good quarterback play next year? Because despite the questions earlier in his career, Stetson Bennett did play at a very high level. Stetson Bennett is the Tom Brady of college football. He's won a bunch of championships and he's much older than everybody else. (laughs) Stetson Bennett is 25 years old. Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits. Go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. All right, Mike T, uh, let's tell everybody why uh, you are uh, all over Twitter right now because you saw the Chicago Bears... uh, wind up getting through a variety of somewhat fortunate circumstances, I guess, if you're them, the number one pick in the draft. Tell everybody what you think they should do with it. They should trade Justin Fields and get at least a first and a third round pick, given the fact that so many teams need a quarterback, given how well he's played and his trajectory. With that said, I would draft Bryce Young, who I think will be long-term the better player, despite him being small. I love his skill set. And now all of a sudden, you're resetting the quarterback rookie contract, which we know is a huge, huge benefit for the club. And with the extra picks you're getting from whatever team you're trading Justin Fields to, you can really reset this roster literally overnight, guys. I think you could add six quality players at a minimum and, in my opinion, wind up with a great quarterback in Bryce Young. This is not saying that I don't think Justin Fields is going to be good I see him live. I see him on tape. I like him. I just think this is a rare opportunity that they have. Okay, I like it. I understand the thinking. I don't think I agree with it, but I like. Yeah. I, I don't think it's far fetched at all. I think the value of having quarterbacks on a rookie contract is incalculable, and this gives you two more years of that at minimum. But it really comes down to two questions, Dominique. To me, the first of them is: Is Justin Fields going to be a superstar? Because if Justin Fields is going to be a great quarterback, then then none of this makes sense regardless. There's no amount of money that a great quarterback isn't worth. So if, as an analyst, and you yeah. watch him, we've seen the development, and we understand what the flaws of that roster were and everything else. Is Justin Fields going to be a great quarterback? I feel more confident saying yes to that, Justin Fields, than I do to Bryce Young, which is why. So, like, I don't know if you know this about Mike T, but Mike T is a professor also. Yeah. And this this reeks, law. Yeah, this this reeks of a professor who is not a practitioner, even though he once was a practitioner. It's because it speaks to me of like all all the logic behind it makes sense. Like I understand resetting the quarterback um timeline, getting more draft picks, changing to a different quarterback um who you may have a higher uh opinion of. But to be honest, to be fair to to you, Mike, and to Every other talent evaluator, you don't know how good Bryce Young actually is. You feel like you're really trusting your ability to be right on something that no one really is consistently right about. So if you take a good quarterback, which is what Justin Fields is now, is like a maybe slightly below average overall, but young on a bad roster with the potential to be great. If you take him and send him away to bring in someone that you don't know what he is, like that is an enormous risk. And I also think that we both agree that this roster needs to be reconstructed. And we both agree that they need to go get picks, not just one pick, to reconstruct this roster. And I think we will both agree that the thing that they could trade that has the most value is the number one overall pick. So if you want to build this roster up around a quarterback, trading the number one overall pick and doing it around Justin Fields, um, I think 
makes more sense to me, particularly given what he's shown and what he's meant to this team from a leadership standpoint in the, the city. Well, taking my professor hat off and going from the abstract to the practical, I agree with most of what you said. But if we're having the same conversation in a year, guys, the conversation is, is Justin Fields worth $50 million? And now you're going to lose a lot of those other pieces you have. Again, like I think Jacksonville is the most relevant from a standpoint. Trevor Lawrence got better coaching, got better, and they added a lot of really good pieces, including a really good offensive lineman. That matters. So to me, you have to make this decision in its totality. Certainly there's a risk, and typically I'm a bigger guy, guy like – yeah. You know, the Ben Roethlisbergers, the Cam Newtons, they play longer Herbert. for Justin You fell Herbert. in love with Justin Herbert. Yeah. You yeah. kept telling me yeah. how big his butt was. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean exactly. and, and, and so, I mean, Bryce Young is the opposite. Yeah, yeah. Justin Herbert's yeah. butt yeah. is yeah. bigger than Bryce Young. Right? Uh, yeah, and I've, I haven't saunered with both of them, but I've stood next to both of them. <laughs> and I will say this, like, he is a little bit of an exception to the rule, but I just think he has great... Like, his skill set is exceptional, and so is his character. So that that's was going to be my second question, Anique. How much concern do you have about the size? Bryce Young is yeah. not just short. I mean, we've seen short. Drew Brees is short. I, I have stood next to Drew Brees. I am taller than he is. I don't care what he's listed at. Yeah. I have pictures of me standing next to Drew Brees. I'm taller than he is, but he's not small. Right. Drew Brees is not small. Bryce Young is, is small. And that would scare me to death. How big a deal is that to you, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I tend to be hesitant when I try to by saying that there should be a cap on us height or weight because there obviously are people outside of those ranges that are able to perform. But I think it's inarguable that if a man is smaller, it's going to be easier to throw him around. And the way the game is going – all quarterbacks are going to have to have some level of athleticism. Just about everyone is going to run some version of the zone read from time to time. You're going to have to scramble. You're going to have to pick up third and fives when the defense is in man coverage. He's going to get hit. It's his ability to avoid those hits and stay healthy is the question. He had injuries in college recently. The guys in the NFL are bigger, faster, stronger. So, yes, it's something to be concerned about. Um, Seeing over the line, throw over the middle, that's a concern that I'm less worried about. I'm sure he's found ways to adjust to that. He seems to play well in Alabama. But consistently taking hits is like he's going – his left tackle is going to miss a block. He's going to get blindsided by a 280-pound man who runs 4-3. It's going to happen. Yeah. When I was thinking about this idea, guys, I was looking at like idea precedent and all these other factors. This is really not apples to apples because he stunk, but really – Josh Rosen in Arizona was probably the closest where they took him with the 10th pick, and then next year with the first pick they take Kyler Murray. But, you know, in this situation, and the only other play that was in the discussion, like if you like Josh Rosen, was you could have come out of it with Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa. But in yeah. this conversation you're saying, all right, do we say all the things you just said, take Justin Fields and, and that skill group, and then go get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and are we better? Right. So that's the other counterpart to this. Discussion. Or trade it. I mean, or trade the pick and get right. a bunch of them. You know, we see what these other teams have gotten for those number one picks when there's a quarter. I've said many times, Mike, on, on these airwaves and others, the best position in the world to be in is to have a high draft pick mm-hmm. in a class that is deep with quarterbacks and and to not need one. Right. And, and but what's so interesting about what you just said, Greeny, is all that is true except it's not a deep class. So. For the ones that have that ticket, which the Bears now have, it's even more valuable. Are there three? I Are think, Will Levis and C.J. Stroud worth going in the top ten? I, Stroud is. like 
You know, well, Levis is graded over him in like some people's minds. Mel Kuyper has Will Levis. I want to make sure everyone knows who we're talking about. Will Levis is the quarterback from Kentucky. He's big. Yep. He's he's like he's like built like Josh Allen. He's right. that kind of big. Um, Mel has him graded ahead of Bryce Young at this stage. Again, the evaluation is going to has a long way to go. Right. So, like you guys were just mentioning Herbert. Like one of the reasons I fell in love with Herbert was like he played great against Wisconsin, which was a really good defense. He played really good against Utah. Will Levis played terrible against Tennessee. And if we were running a team, guys, and we're going to walk into the owner or our head coach and say, hey, we love Will Levis, and he's going to say, okay, how did he play against great competition? He was terrible. Like, so that, to me, is why I would take Stroud over Levis, especially look at how C.J. Stroud just played against Georgia. Like, Georgia looks like they could beat the Colts today. And, and if Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't get hurt, Ohio State may have won that game. I'm looking right now at Mel's most recent big board. He has Jalen Carter of Georgia, who just declared actually sometime between the end of last night's game and right now, declared that he is coming out to the draft. He's a three-technique defensive tackle. Mel has him as the best player in the country or in the draft, followed by Will Anderson, the linebacker, classic sort of outside pass rush guy from Alabama. Then he goes Will Levis and then Bryce Young. So we've got the two quarterbacks there and then C.J. Stroud at seven. So we're going to see three quarterbacks going early in this draft. And this is a fascinating question to me. It will certainly set off the conversation in a lot of places. In the end, it is a gutsy move. I mean, that is a – to what Nick said a minute ago. It's one thing to sit here right now and say it makes sense. Would you have the guts to do it if you were the GM? Yeah, I mean, I trade for Brett Favre. Like, when you sit in those seats, like... Trading for Brett Favre is not the same thing as this. Well, there was a lot of people that thought we could win a lot of games with Chad Pennington. Like, and I get it. Like, it's a little bit different. But, like, when you're sitting in the seat and you're chasing championships, Greeny, and look at, like, you're chasing Jalen Hurts. You're chasing San Francisco. Like, you're chasing greatness in that conference, guys. Like, this is your shot to... You know, Nick, as you said, like you're rebuilding this entire roster on the fly. And better be right. Yeah, but better, look, you better be right. Right, and right. You better not get hurt because what what the worst case scenario for you is something that we all could have predicted then going on to happen. So like we're all saying he could be too small, and you as a GM's like, nah, I like him. Bring him in there. He misses five games his first year. He Wait, and Justin games. Fields is great. Yeah, right. and Justin somewhere Fields else. Goes, yeah, that's actually the worst Wait, possible thing that's happened is Justin Fields guys, goes and succeeds elsewhere. But, guys, you're going to lose your job anyway if you don't build a better roster around Justin Fields. Right, but yeah. you can do that. I mean, can you can do, do that, that by trading the, the pick. Yeah. Yep. You're choosing between the two quarterbacks. The rest of the options are similar. Right. Um, it's fascinating. Anyway, Mike yeah, T., awesome great. today. Thank you, Thanks. Nick. Thank you. You guys are the best. We know the fans in Athens, Georgia, are celebrating this morning after winning back-to-back national championships the best fan of the month brought to you by dr pepper at any college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the one that fans deserve my takes will include the one thing everyone is getting wrong about the game last night that's next i'm greenie and this is espn radio greenie the podcast for the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance in 30 seconds. I'll tell you what everybody (coughs) has wrong about last night's national championship game. That's half a minute away after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Back-to-back national championships, the first time that's ever happened in the college football playoff era. They have proven they can sustain it, and Alabama's hegemony is at risk. Back-to-back champions, and it feels good. All right, so for perfectly understandable reasons, a lot of the talk coming out of Georgia's win in the national championship game last night is about Alabama, about Kirby Smart's former boss, about Nick Saban and the end of the Alabama dynasty and the Alabama dominance. Now, here's the part of it they have right. Certainly at this particular moment, Georgia is above Alabama if we are just taking a snapshot of where we currently sit. But as we bring the hashtag crew in here, the members are assembled around me. Hembo is here with me in New York. Bubba and Cam are in Bristol. Here's what I think everyone is getting wrong. I feel like the tone of the conversation... And perhaps we are guilty of this, having contributed to it on Get Up This Morning, is that what we see is the end of Nick Saban in Alabama. I do not think that this is being painted as much as the beginning of Georgia as it is the end of Saban. And that's the thing, Hembo, that I think everyone has wrong, which is to say Nick Saban in Alabama were two plays, two plays away from being in this playoff this year. From an undefeated season, who knows what would have happened if they had played Georgia in the SEC championship game. Here's the one thing I know for certain. It wouldn't have been 65-7. to That's for sure. So in my opinion, to quote Mark Twain, I believe that rumors of the demise of the king of college football, Nick Saban, have been greatly exaggerated. I agree with that. Uh, It's hard based upon... 15 years of excellence. I mean, Alabama has been ranked number one in the AP pool at some point in every year since 2008. Absurd. Will never be broken. It's, it's a singular stretch in the history of the sport. And Alabama is probably player for player close to, if not as good as Georgia is right now and likely will continue to be. We've got the number one recruiting class for next year, nine guys in the top 25, 22 guys in the top 300. But I do want to underline a point that Neek made in the previous segment. I did not realize the numbers were so pronounced. I pull up our um, ESPN 300 database, which gives us every recruit since 2008. And I didn't realize how many more came from the state of Georgia than come from the state of Alabama. So over that time, since 2008, there are 433 top 300 prospects from the state of Georgia. 433. Mm -hmm. From Alabama, that number is 176. I hadn't really considered the 
the, 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 imp- the fertility, if you will, of the state of Georgia in relation to Alabama and how much that is playing into Kirby Smart. Do you state. have all the states there? I do. Is, El- is Louisiana on that level with Georgia? It is, uh, it is not. Um, El- uh, Louisiana has 181. Again, Only Alabama. 181. Mm-hmm. So not more, clo- much closer to Alabama than to Georgia. Much closer. Is the number one state Texas? Texas is the number two state. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania. California? California is the number four state after Georgia. All right, don't say anything. So, I mean, California and Texas have such enormous populations that I would think of them immediately. We tend to associate football with Western Pennsylvania and then with all these. Oh, I'm sorry. Florida. Florida's number one. Yeah, I forgot about Florida. Okay. So, so, <coughs> so you're saying that you think that advantage gives Kirby an advantage? For sure. If you can just recruit his state, obviously that goes a really long way. I didn't really consider that. I also am somewhat surprised that LSU does not have more top, top players uh, than it does. But the state of way. Louisiana, you mean, not yeah, LSU. But so, Most of them go there. So though. here's the question then. Cam, let me ask a question because you're the closest in age to this question having applied to you. Because you're, what are you now, 17, 18 years old? How old are you, Cam? Just turned 16, yeah. No, 16. 25. So same age as Stetson Bennett, actually. 25. So you and Stetson, <laughs> you and Stetson Bennett are actually the same age. <clears throat> um, if you right now were a top-ranked high school recruit, you're like a stud I don't care, receiver, running back, whatever it is. And you have two objectives in picking a college. One of them is, the first one I think for all these is, I want someone who's going to put me in the league. These guys all want to wind up in the league and making money. And then second behind that is, I want to win championships while I'm in college. And I mean, the school piece of school is obviously way down the list for these people. And I don't mean that as a criticism, it's a perfectly logical and reasonable way to assess this decision. If you were making that choice right now, would you go to Georgia or Alabama? I think still Alabama because if I'm a stud, I'm probably only going to be there for a couple of years, so I'm not too concerned about Nick Saban you know, retiring while I'm there or anything like that. Um, I mean, it's obviously close. I guess it also depends what position I'm playing. How, Nick Saban is what, 7D? 7D, I 71. think. 71? Mm-hmm. And Kirby is 50-something? No, Kirby Smart is uh, only 47. 47. 47. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty significant Cam, I mean, difference. And Cam and Stetson Bennett have a lot in common. You also failed to mention, they're both going pro in something other than sports. Yes. <laughs> so, which makes it even more remarkable that George Stetson should join us on this show. He'd be a great addition. Stace kept asking me last night, like, how come he's not talked about with all these quarterbacks? Like, look how fast he is and like how well he throws it. And how, I don't know how to explain that, you know? Like, we're watching the game. See, since Stevie left... Since my son went off to college, like I forced Stace to sit and watch these games with me because I have no one else to talk to. And the comments that she makes are vastly different from the comments that Stevie would make. So my question for you is, at what point in the game did she know that it was over? Early. First quarter. Real early. Like, she said something to the effect of, is it me or... Is, the, is, is Georgia just much, much better than them? And I said, honey, it's not you. <laughs> it's not. It's definitely not you. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could save you hundreds on your car insurance. All right, a question. I've got a bunch of different questions of the day here. Let's do one. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Bubba, what do you think of Mike T's idea that the Bears should trade Justin Fields and take a quarterback number one overall. Pretty terrible idea. Pretty uh, terrible. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a fan of it at all. I, I I just don't see how you could possibly do that from a Bears perspective. Uh, I understand what he's saying. I understand his reasoning, 
but you, we just don't know what Bryce Young is going to be at all, and I don't think the Bears can take that risk. I think we've seen in the past already with what the leap a team like the Bengals you can make pretty quickly now in the NFL if you get some pieces around you, and I, I just think it's way too much of a risk to do all of that just to get Bryce Young and then just to hope that all these different things are going to come into place when you we have Justin Fields right now who, if you think he's good— you can get some pieces around him. I, I think it makes way more sense to build around Justin Fields for the remainder of his contract and try and win now than to start completely over and just hope, hope, hope that Bryce Young can be half as good as Justin Fields. Well, you need you would need to believe he was going to be as good. What you're buying in Bryce Young is, or, or any of the if you, if you chose to take C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or whatever. What you're buying is two years of not having to make a decision. So Justin Fields is approaching his third season. We all know how this game goes. After year three is when teams can first start negotiating an extension. So that's where Joe Burrow is going to be in, well, I guess now. Um, that's where Tua is going to be, and that's an interesting one. That's where, who am I forgetting? Oh, Justin Herbert is going to be. And, uh, you know, the money becomes... A complicating factor of that, there is no question. So the question to me is not whether you think Justin Fields is going to be good. The question is, is he going to be great? I think it is, at this point, there is no longer the question, is he going to be good? He's definitely too good not to be good. His skills are ridiculous. His physicality, the size, the arm, all that stuff. The question is, is he going to be great? Because the price tag is going to be enormous. And once you pay enormous money to these young quarterbacks, we all know what happens. You are It is the definition of robbing Peter to pay Paul. What do you think, Hembo? I think Tannenbaum's idea is perfect. It's, it's theoretically perfect in the absence of context. The problem is in Will Levis and C.J. Stroud and in Bryce Young, um, you're dealing with zero sure things. We're not talking about Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or Andrew Luck or one of these generational type prospects. And so to move on from Justin Fields and replace him with a relative unknown, because anybody theoretically that hasn't yet played in the NFL is that, is a, be a colossal mistake in my judgment. It's just much too risky to move on from something that you know for something that you don't. There are flaws with all three of those draft-eligible quarterbacks that I'm not comfortable with. He's also so small. I mean, I don't like to be the one saying that. I want Bryce Young to have a wonderful career. I want Bryce Young to get paid millions and millions of dollars to play professional football. But I wouldn't do it if my life depended on it because Justin, just when they stand next to each other, that would be the end of the conversation. I mean, literally the end of the discussion for me. Which of these two guys do you want? I want the football is a game of big, strong people. And it's not even like Bryce Young is more athletic because you can't be more athletic than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is more athletic. The, the question, who's more athletic, Justin Fields or blank, is always Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, I, I think to be more athletic than Justin Fields in the NFL right now, you have to be Lamar Jackson. And I'm not even sure he's that then. So I mean, th- th- that, to me, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because I would be too afraid. I would much rather fall in love with Will Levis or, or even C.J. Stroud. I do not want the small guy. We just saw Jacksonville do this. You, the, the, the Bears are scheduled to have more than $100 million in cap space. The one thing they should not do is take a non-quarterback first. Like, don't take Will Anderson. Don't take Jalen Carter. Don't take some stud first. What you should do is trade the pick or use it on a quarterback. We've established we don't, think, we don't think they should use it on a quarterback. So trade that pick, get three first-round picks, use all that cap space, and get really good 
really fast. I agree with you. I, 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 that part of it I agree with completely. Greeny with you. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. I have another question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Which team is a bigger clown show, Arizona or Houston? Like, like which team has become like a more of a laughing stock? We talked yesterday about Houston. All right, Houston in the last four years has had Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell, what was his name? David Cullen? I don't even remember. Cully. I don't even remember mm-hmm. anymore because he was the coach there for like a cup of coffee. And now Lovey Smith, and now they're hiring somebody. Who would want this job? I mean, the Houston, it's a joke. They've, they have turned themselves into a farce. But look what they did in Arizona. Less than a calendar year ago today, they extended the contract of Cliff Kingsbury. Please, someone do to me what they did to Cliff Kingsbury. Exp- expand his contract. I think he's extended through 2027. That's right. Do I have that right? You do. He has a contract extension for four more years, and then they fired him less than a year later. And they have said goodbye to their general manager, and they have made clear, this is the part that made me laugh, that Kyler Murray will have input into who their new coach is. What, is Kyler going to play Call of Duty with this guy and, and decide... This is who should be the coach. You're giving Kyler Murray say on who the coach is going to be. That organization has absolutely no idea what it's doing. I mean, like as a Jet fan, I feel better. I feel better about myself watching. At least we're not that. Like, yeah, we got the quarterback all wrong. Couldn't have gotten him all wrong. Disastrously wrong. But we didn't extend Robert Sala 10 months ago for five years and then fire him on Monday. That's a joke. And then the idea that you're going to give that quarterback, who everyone questions, you, including you yourself, you give him a contract that states he has to spend more time. He has to spend an allot, the first contract in history that states he has to spend an allotted amount of time on football. You're going to ask that guy who the new coach could be. So that's my question to you. Which, who right now looks more ridiculous, the Cardinals or the Texans? Uh, that's a tough question. It's like asking who is less self-aware, uh, Megan or Harry. Uh, I think the answer is both. Uh, in, in relation to Houston, <laughs> the Texans have had more head coaches since October of 2020 than the Steelers have had since January of 1969. So obviously they're doing a lot of things wrong. But I actually think Arizona— Say that again. The, the, Car- the, the Texans have had more head coaches <laughs> since October of 2020 than the Steelers have had since 1969. That is a wonderful sentence. <laughs> now say something else. Well, in relation to the Cardinals, I could not agree with you more. If, if there is one quarterback in the NFL who has not built up the equity to be in the room when hiring a head coach, it's Kyler Murray, who we know they themselves don't like. That's but right. what they should probably have not done is, is sign him to a long-term deal. Right. And what they should probably do now is trade him. So obviously the whole thing is a complete catastrophe. It, it is a mess. All right, as we continue, fascinating data about the power of pro football. Don't miss that after this word from FanDuel. NFL wildcard weekend is here, and the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with the promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 
FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Virginia, and West Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming and Kansas or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. At this point, not only don't you need us to tell you that pro football is the dominant entertainment vehicle in our country... You may even have grown tired of hearing about it. So I apologize in advance for the next minute or two, but I did find this incredible. Hembo showed me something this morning that I thought was remarkable. How best to encapsulate all of the data that you just gave me. Yeah, so the, this I'm reading from Sportico. The NFL's dominance over the domestic media market has shown no signs of faltering, accounting for 82 of the 100 most watched programs on TV last year. 82 of the top 100. They go on to write that 10%, 1 in 10, of all live TV deliveries come via the NFL. That is absurd. So meaning 10% of, of all the people who watch TV are watching a pro football game. That's correct. Yeah, that, that is incredible. Wow. You gave me, you printed out the top page of this, the top 33 most watched things of the year. 31 of them were pro football games. Only things mixed in there were the State of the Union address, which were carried by, which was carried by multiple networks, and the coverage of the midterm elections, which was also carried by multiple networks. So no one network ever had, did not have an audience in the top 31 at minimum last year to match any uh, of the pro football games. And I'm looking at games that were literally the NFL National Window Week 12, Week 4. It's just, it's, it's not just the Super Bowl and the championship games and everything else. And here's the thing I'll tell you. Wow. What's going to impact sports as here's why you should care. What's going to impact sports going forward, because it is not just an NFL phenomenon. The truth is the value of live sports on television has never been higher. People look at the wrong things. 
People look at, well, the audience isn't as big as it was in 1978. That must mean they're in trouble. Do yourself a favor. If anyone says that in your presence, stop listening to what they say about anything else. Look at the audiences for everything else. Sports are pretty much the only thing, aside from the State of the Union address and coverage of the midterm elections, that people watch live anymore. Ask yourself this question. Stacey and I just watched season two of White Lotus. I'm that guy now. <laughs> I, I never would have thought I would. She talked me into it. I actually liked it, but whatever. You know when we watched it? Whenever the heck we felt like it. You just press play and you watch this episode and then you make a plan. All right, we're going to watch. Tonight after dinner, we'll watch episode four. That's what television has become. But that's not when you watch a football game or a basketball game or a baseball game. So I hear all these people say, oh, the NBA, they're going to be in trouble when their next TV negotiations come around. They have no idea what they're talking about. The NBA is magnificent programming because here come all these other alternative places to watch them. You watch pro football games on Thursday nights on Amazon? Of course you did. Maybe someday we'll be watching NBA games on there. We're already watching baseball games on, was it Apple TV? It was, yeah. Is that where Katie was and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff? And that's, they're coming. So these sports are going to explode. The value of the franchises, the value of being parts of the leagues in these different sports are, have never been more upwardly mobile than they are at this moment. So the NFL being our favorite sport is nothing new. The NFL is not our favorite sport. The NFL is our favorite thing. We did a question on Mike and Mike many years ago, and I said, complete the following sentence. In America, we love blank more than we love football. And I think a very reasonable answer to that question is nothing. Mm. The only two things I think could, in any remote way, be ahead of it are money and sex. Those are the only two reasonable answers. There is definitely no entertainment vehicle that would come, that would fill in that blank correctly. Am I I overstating that? Bubba, am I overstating that? I don't think in the slightest, no. I mean, the data makes it clear, but my question for you as having covered this for so long, like, to what do you attribute this dominance? It's not just that we like it. There is the culture nothing has changed. Remote, the culture. The culture has changed. The sports themselves haven't changed. The sports have done their best. Look, football is probably better, more fan-friendly than it used to be. Basketball is probably a little more fan-friendly than it used to be. Baseball is probably a little less fan-friendly than it used to be. I can't speak to hockey and some of the others because uh, I don't know them uh, backwards and forwards like I do these. But here's what I will say. The culture has changed more than anything else. So that's the the biggest difference in all the gambling, fantasy, all those things yeah. have brought tons and tons and tons of people into the tent. So those things have had an impact, but not nearly the impact <coughs> of the culture. The reason that all these that the top 100 shows are all football games yeah. is not exclusively because more people are watching football. It's because far fewer people are watching anything else. So that's the difference. Go back and look. When I was growing up, the number one show on television was All in the Family, right? That was on Sunday nights on CBS. It it starred a character named Archie Bunker, of whom you may have heard. Google, just look up what the average audience for that might have been on a Sunday night in 1970-something. So the average rating here says it was 7.4, which is like a... 
based upon our list here, something like a top 100. <laughs> That's such an, an average event night. Now. Right, right. Uh, on I, I, episode. But what that meant then was completely different. I, I, I'm telling you all in the family, I bet you the audience of that show was, was on, a, on, a, on a random night would compete with practically anything on this list. Not Super Bowls, but compete with practically anything on this list. Because there were three channels. You had three options. And everyone in America watches television. We just watch it differently now. So that's why the value of this stuff is only going straight up. It is an arrow pointed directly at the sky. You'll continue looking for numbers Mm -hmm. on that. We have a lot more to get to as we continue. And we'll have plenty of time for your phone calls as well as we roll along. My name is Greeny and this is ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.